With another episode of the Anarchist Experience, episode 347, aka year seven, week 44, uh, coming at you this week. As always, I am your host, Mr. Richie Rich, along with MC. And since this is your live sh- uh, clubhouse show, join us there. The club is the Anarchist Experience, uh, or you can at me at Riches for Rich, R I C H E S, the number four, R I C H. Uh, and then you'll get the little notifications when I start this live thingamabobber uh around 4 p.m eastern time somewhere between 4 and 4 30 p.m uh on saturdays so thank you for joining us if you're listening to the podcast and what is going on with you this week mc happy thanksgiving or something like that merry christmas yeah. are we starting that's pretty much it i just had thanksgiving i uh, was at the beach for thanksgiving it's uh, it's pretty epic uh, sunset we had uh lots of food alcohol um you're not into alcohol but um that's okay yeah, it's part of thanksgiving man yeah uh i was very excited this year for thanksgiving because i finally i've been waiting over 20 years to make this happen probably close to 30 years um somewhere between like you know 20 20 to 25 years to make this happen uh but this thanksgiving i finally got to make a turducken <laughs> Okay. What explain that? Uh, it's a it's a, a chicken stuffed in a duck, stuffed in a turkey, and then deep fried. Sounds delicious. It was phenomenal. Uh, there was a there was a little bit of a, a temperature issue, so after we cut it open, like we we temperature checked it, seemed okay, but we didn't do it in like the, exactly the right spot. So we cut it open. It's like eh, turkey's still a little raw. Threw it in the oven, finished it off, and no big deal. But. Great. What a what a what what a m- amount of prep work that is, because <laughs> to do it right to get all that in there, you have to like debone three birds, and that might have been like the most challenging part of the entire endeavor. Oh wow! Right, so it's debone debone the chicken, stuff it, deep fry it, debone the duck, stuff the duck with the chicken, deep fry it, and then you know take those out, let it cool, and then debone the turkey, stuff the turkey with the duck in. And then deep fry that again. So the cook time, the total cook time was only a little over an hour. It's like 15 minutes on the chicken, 20 minutes on the duck. We did the turkey for half an hour and that was a little, that was a little light. So just a little over an hour to deep fry all this delicious meat and all the other sides. So I'm satisfied. There was someone posted a meme afterwards because I've been talking about this is like, you know, uh, after the, it's like a, a cartoon of the chicken, the duck, and the turkey all laying in bed. And like you know, after after the turducken experiment, they all decided to go their separate ways, never never to <laughs> do it again. But I don't know, man. Like, I would probably do this again in a heartbeat. If we maybe we just get the get the birds deboned from the butcher, right? Right that, on. that took um, most of the. So yeah, I think I think maybe you could make even just a whole restaurant based on that. You know. Okay. Turducken restaurant, you know, and then that's the one thing you serve me. You have some side dishes people can order, but <laughs> sure. 
just make that one thing and that's the that's the you know that's the center of a uh, attention there or the that's the main attraction the feature piece yeah like at the buf- at the buffet line like how would you like your dirt tu- your, your turducken i told my uncle about it and he's like i got one for you cornish game hen stuffed in a chicken i was like <laughs> i don't think that's as good however <laughs> maybe you know like I, i'm not gonna fuck up this year's turducken but maybe instead of stuffing the chicken with stuffing we can stuff it with a game hen next year and see what happens i don't even you know what you would call that can't go wrong with a fried bird <laughs> or turducken or something. So, yeah. So that means, you know, with, with the holidays, a lot of black Friday shopping yesterday as well. Did you hit up the black Friday shopping at all? Is that um, within your purview? I get excited. Not really? I, I bought a, a keyboard on online. Um, that's about it. <laughs> okay. Nope. I st- I stocked up on enough video games to last me for the next year. If I wanted to play them, and what else did I get? Oh, holsters! I I re I rejiggered my holster setup because after I had acquired all these holster gear, they upgraded their selection. I'm like shit, you know what? I'm gonna wait for Black Friday because they're probably gonna have a sale. So I I picked up everything else. That I repla- replaced everything uh, for my holster setups um, with a 25 percent off sale. So I'm satisfied mm-hmm. there. Amongst other things, amongst them. so video games, holsters, and like blankets was what, I, what basically what I shopped on Black Friday for. But it also means I didn't do a lot of show prepping for the for the those few days. But amazingly enough, I did manage to pull up a whole bunch of headlines. Um, and seeing as how I don't know what else with the whole Kyle Rittenhouse, I have a, I have a Kyle Rittenhouse article. Um, <laughs> but now that that's over, I was like what am I going to do with my week? Like I was so involved in that, you know, do, do you think the, the uh, vehicle massacre was a, uh, a, a result of the Kyle Rittenhouse trial, man? I want to, I want to say no, even though it was, cause the only, the only thing tying to that is like, it was in Wisconsin, right? Was it? I don't remember. It was like Waukesha. I don't know how to pronounce it. Waukesha, Wisconsin, or something like that. Okay. Um, but it was, it, and the the only way you could like remotely tie that into the Kyle Rittenhouse thing is because the the dude driving the SUV was a black dude, right? I think the dude driving the SUV had a prior uh, incident involving a car, also. Right, which makes so, it m- less likely that it has anything to do with the Cal right. House verdict. So I think he was just a nutcase, and uh, that's about it. Yeah. Do you, do you, let's, talk, let's talk about that for a second, because I feel like that is an issue that could be discussed uh, as we talk about anarchy and liberty and freedom in a free society, right? Is the fact that no matter the state of the state, right? You get, you get rid of the state. You have, you know, 100% complete Liberty. You're, you're anarchist society and you are still going to run into problems like this, mm-hmm. right? Like you, getting, you're not going to be able to remove crazy from society. And then it just becomes a matter of, well, how would that be dealt with in a free society? And I don't know if, you know, I don't like the idea of jail. I like the idea of restitution. Um, yeah. But a crazy dude like this isn't going to do much of that. 
I would think. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, so, oh, geez. I mean, it, it can go either way. But there's, with with this particular case, the guy had a lot of prior uh, negative history. And, it, it, you know, how in a free society, how far would he have gotten? And would he have a, had had a chance to do something like this? I would hope not. You know, would somebody have stopped him in a more free society? And those those are the you know the unknowns, <laughs> right? We, it it seems like, um, and I, I don't know much about Wisconsin either. So, um, you know, it, se- it seems like places that are more safe have uh, more relaxed gun laws, like uh, you know Texas or New Hampshire, yep, uh, Vermont, Arizona, Maine. even. Um, so it seems like. You know, people have a way of you know, dealing with people uh, directly, <laughs> you know, right? Or uh, or or putting people in their place um, when when somebody feels that they have, uh, I don't know, but you know, I probably shouldn't say it, even say that because it's you know, it, Wisconsin. We we found out from the uh, Kyle Rittenhouse tri- trial. You know, you you can open carry a rifle at least. Yeah. Uh, so um, maybe there just isn't enough of that. And so uh, people uh, assume they can you know, do things you know, or, or mi- be, just be misbehaving out in the open and, and right. not have to pay any consequence. So. But I think, I think those consequences only dissuade a certain percentage of the population. Right, a, a large percentage, right, of clear-thinking, rational individuals who have a drive to prolong their human life, right, and then you have guys like this who just apparently don't care, and as long as they're, as long as they don't care, and as long as whatever system is in place allows them to go free, right, then they are going to continue that sort of behavior. Uh, until such a time that they cease to exist, right? Or yeah, you lock them up forever. And so I don't, you know, you can, you can, like even even here in New Hampshire, right? It's a, it's a, it's one of the safest places you can be, and I, I like to attribute that to you know, um, the economics of the of the state, along with the mm-hmm. the lax gun laws, right? Like you know, un. Taxes are low. Unemployment's relatively low at the moment. Like it's, you know, there there are help wanted signs up everywhere, um, but they're still crazies, right? Like they, you know, mm-hmm. there's still reports of gunshots in the neighborhoods. You know, not frequently, but enough where it makes the news. Infrequently mm-hmm. enough where it makes the news, right? So I don't. It doesn't. It doesn't deter everyone. And I guess that's my point. Is that when when you're talking to statists or those people, um, they always want like, well, how would you solve this in a free society? See, you're going to end up with this type of stuff in a free society. And I was like, well, you have that now, right? Yeah. Like no well, one's I mean, saying a certain, it's a utopia. A cer- yeah, a certain amount of it is just because humans are flawed. And, and, and uh, I guess the anarchist argument is, well, humans are flawed, so why do we want them in charge of us? <laughs> right. Until until we find some alien that comes down and, and sets us straight, uh, or some AI or whatever it is, um, well, we're just going to be flawed humans, right? And so, 
dealing with situations like the guy that runs the parade, right? Like I, I was, um, I was at a friend's house and, uh, the roommate was like, you know, there's a parade coming through like, you know, uh, Manchester here in New Hampshire. And she's like, I don't want to go to that anymore. <laughs> like, what are you worried about? You know, like if, if anything, right. If you think that there's going to be like a copycat or a mimic or something, you know, for this Wisconsin one, if anything, just go find like a second story to watch the parade. In, <laughs> right. Like if you're worried about a, an SUV coming careening through the parade, be, you know, just don't be at ground level. And she was like, well, it would just be my luck that instead of that, we have a shooting instead. And I get shot on the second floor. I'm like, well, then fuck, just never leave the house. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and a lot of people are actually getting to that point. And I think one of the reasons why is the COVID scare. Um, right. You know, if you if you have anxiety, just generalized anxiety, it causes people to act and just really, uh, you know, emotionally driven based uh, reality and it's, that's not not preferable to you know <laughs> uh, living a life where you're free and mostly unafraid but <laughs> you know. right and if you you know if you're in a high risk group right take whatever precautions you need to take if that yes. means you never get to go outside again well i mean if that's if that's the way you want to live man um but for yeah. the rest of us right like you know life is life is dangerous well, it's a risk <laughs> You can't avoid it. 100% fatality rate. Yeah. Like, I, don't, I don't understand how, I mean, I, I get it. Like there's, there's certain ways to mitigate that risk, right? There, you, you do certain things to mitigate. Like you, you get in the car, you put on your seatbelt just in case, right? Maybe. Sure. And, and there, and I go like, well, maybe, maybe not. Right. Cause what happens if the, the seatbelt prevents you from escaping, right? Then you would have been better off without it. <laughs> You know, they, they put up speed bumps around town to like slow vehicles down to make it safer, but it also slows down ambulances who might need to get to the hospital quickly. Right. Hmm. So there's, there's pros and cons to everything. And you, you, you as the individual have to weigh that out and decide for yourself. Like, there's no, there's no guarantees. It's life is dangerous and it's risky. You just have to like figure out how much risk you're willing to take and what you're willing to do to mitigate it. And then go from there or don't, you know, just, you, you can go die too. Just poof, be out of here. So I don't know, but you know, what, what do you do? What do you do with that? Would it stop me from going to parade? Probably not. Uh, if I went to a parade, would I be slightly more cautious and alert of SUVs careening through? Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I might, I might chalk it up as a one-off situation. So unlikely to happen again, uh, especially where I'm at that I may not even think about it at all. Right. That was the other thing with the whole COVID stuff. Right. I was, I, I was talking to someone and you know, they were like, you know, Oh, you know, what, what do you usually do with the conversation? came like, what, what usually gets done for Christmas? And she's like, well, I usually go down to like, you know, the past few years or whatever, two out of the last four years, I go down to Texas uh, to hang out with friends for Christmas. And I'm like, well, why didn't, why didn't you go last year? They're like, cause of COVID. I'm like, Oh Yeah. That was a thing. Like I'm so far removed from COVID being a thing in my life in general, right. That I totally forgot that it's still ruining people's lives <laughs> to this day. Like really, you guys are, you guys are still doing that. The, <laughs> yeah. Why isn't, isn't the evidence clear for most people that you need not worry about that at this point? <laughs> they're, they're, 
convinced that uh, uh, the vaccine is the, the thing everybody needs to be doing, even though they're also admitting that it's failing. Yeah. And so, and because it's failing, then you have to get uh, booster shots. And then, and then, so the government's saying, well, you're not fully vaccinated unless you get three shots. And it's like, uh, I, I didn't get any of the shots because um, I wanted to see proof that it works first and yeah. it's not working. So why do they want to force me to do it? So anyway, that's, that's pretty much like the, the thing that's driving my anxiety right now. It isn't COVID. It's the stupid ass government. And um, Jordan Peterson made a video. And he was like, "So I got the damn uh, vaccine, and and, uh, and 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 now, you know, why don't they leave me alone? I can't, you know, when I leave the country, I got to get a test. When I uh, come back into the country, I got to get a test. And and you know, it's like I I did what you wanted me to do, and so why don't you fucking leave me alone? <laughs> you know, it's like that's how exactly how I feel too. Well, and that's but, how insidious I, it is, right? Now, I, now, I, now you're in, yeah. right? Now they can continue to move the goalpost to make right. it like. And so, yeah, I avoided the vaccine, unlike Jordan Pearson. But um, just there, there should be no reason why I shouldn't be allowed to, you know, wait and see the results from all these other people just running out, rushing out to get it. Um, oh, you can you know, wait. I'm, you just can't leave the house or go shopping or, you know, participate <laughs> in the economy in any way, shape or form. That's it. Yeah. So uh, right right before, um, well, right after the Afghanistan thing, debacle with Biden, I felt like things were getting back to normal. Like I had to wear a mask wherever I went into restaurants and stuff. But other than that, it was pretty much normal. And then Biden opened his big mouth and said, oh, we're going to make mandates. And then all of a sudden, you know, all the left-leaning states uh, just implemented it. They said, oh, well, Biden said it's okay to do this. And so they just did even without a law or uh, official order from Biden. Yep. Um, and so, yeah, it's basically, you know, I <laughs> can't go in restaurants, which is not a huge deal, but it's just, it's, uh, it's insulting. You know, it's like you go into a restaurant. Oh, let me see your ID and your Vax card. It's like, fuck you. <laughs> you <know? Right. laughs> have a bad day and walk out, you know? <laughs> and that's, again, that's the thing. Like there's so much, there's so many other States, right. That have opened, been opened and aren't in a crisis meltdown state of things. Right. right? Like Florida, you know, there was, there was a post from, you know, someone in Florida is like, you guys forget that, you know, in Florida, we had like one week of lockdown and then everything kind of went back to normal after that. Like we didn't, we didn't experience anywhere near the amount that the rest of the country did if you were living in Florida. And I kind of feel the same way about New Hampshire. There was like, you know, maybe not a week's worth, but there was like one month in March of 2020, like, you know, cause our lockdown started on St. Patrick's day. That was basically, you know, interfered with daily operations. Mm-hmm. And then it kind of just went back to normal, mm-hmm. you know, c- come hell or high water. Right. Like people just stopped caring that they were going, that something bad was going to happen. And those, you know, those that do still believe it. Like I had, I have a customer where I work who, uh, after COVID hit, he would like, he wouldn't come into the store, right. Or the, or the, you know, the office. Mm-hmm. He was like constantly just dropping his uh, payment, his check off. He's wearing a mask, but he dropped the check off in like the drop box. 
And so one day I caught him, right? Cause I happened to be there when he was doing it. like, you know, we're open, right? Like you can, you can come inside and like hand me the check. And he was like, too risky with COVID, man. You know, like, hey, I can't do that. I'm like, all right, well, whatever. Can keep dropping it in the box then, but we're open, you know? And then so I think it was yesterday or the day. Yeah, no, yesterday. Yesterday? Yesterday or Wednesday because it wasn't Thanksgiving. Uh, might have been, yeah, might have been, th- might have been Wednesday. Um, he comes pulling up. I see the car pull up. I'm like, oh, okay. I don't have to worry about anything because he's just going to drop it, you know, in the, in the drop box and go. And f- for the first time in like over a year, he walked in. And like handed me the check and I didn't say anything. I just took it. I'm like, huh, interesting. Right. Like even he's getting over it a little bit, <laughs> still came in with his mask on. Right. But returned to the car and immediately fucking like hand sanitized. Like you wouldn't believe he just watched him in the parking lot. Just fucking <laughs> putting that shit on. Like. He, he was in desperate need of some, some uh, human contact. <laughs> Maybe. Right. But you know, he, he could have had more of that longer. You know, he could, he could have been doing that very thing from the beginning. Right. Like I'm, I'm always been like a quick cashier. I don't want, you know, if you want to stand around and shoot the shit, I can do it. Cause I'm on the clock, you know, but my goal is to like process the transaction and get you out of there as quick as possible. Cause I know you have better things to do than stand around a storage facility, making your payment. Right. For most people, there's, there's a handful of customers that will chit chat way too long. Um, so it's like, if you want to just, there's other kids, you walk in, you hand me the check and you leave. And that's, if that's the entire interaction that you want, like I'm here for you, you know, but he wasn't, he wasn't even doing that until this month. So I don't, I don't even know what kind of other social interaction he was getting at all. But it, you know, it just, like I said, it just goes to show that people are getting over it at their own pace. Yeah. Um, and I want to, um, but we also got the a- Omicron variant now what's up with that go ahead i have a, a couple of friends that are, are doctors and at the last conference i went to the a couple of things came up about uh, uh alternate treatments um one of them was ivermectin and so both the doctors basically said well you know why are people worried about taking an experimental vaccine and they're not worried about taking an experimental treatment like ivermectin it's like, well, one of them has been in use for a real long time and is pretty safe. And the other one, we don't really have long-term data on. So. Yeah. One of them um, won a Nobel Prize. The other one's experimental. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and so, and, and it is experimental as, as far as COVID goes. Um, so um, <laughs> look at the numbers in Japan. It's, it's crazy. So Japan went through their third wave or whatever, and so that it might just be herd immunity and taking over now. But okay. um, Japan's numbers fell lower, and this is and so during the third wave, they they were widely prescribing ivermectin to their population whenever they get uh, COVID, and now their their numbers for COVID and COVID deaths are lower than they were when this whole thing first started. So numbers just dropped off a cliff. And so okay. that's, so I'm, I'm frustrated because, you know, people say, Oh, ivermectin is, is no good. And the science says X, Y, Z. And I really think it's because they, they say that because, well, the, the people they listen to say it and then they don't look into it anymore. Right. Um, so anyway, Joe Rogan and, and all of Japan uh, used ivermectin, and 
and uh, they seem to be doing really good with it. So um, anyway, I've got some ivermectin on the way. Uh, found some doctors to prescribe it, so I'll have some in reserve in case I get th- the COVID. Uh, or to sell off if someone else needs it. Some black market dealings. Uh-oh. I didn't say that. I didn't say that. No, I'm... It, I wish I knew somebody that had COVID because I would go hang out with them and I would take some ivermectin and I'd be like, all right, now I got my natural immunity because <laughs> there's some places, not not Hawaii, there's some places that say, well, if if you've got uh, your natural immunity, that's just as good as the uh, the vaccine. Yeah. And lasts a little lot longer too. So, <laughs> But like you said, not Hawaii for whatever reason. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, they're just, they're just insane. I think... Uh, uh, I think people are hypnotized and they, they, they can't see outside of the bubble that they're in. So I was, I was talking to, to my mom for a little bit before I hit the record button here. She's like, ah, oh, do you want me to put anything in a care package for you? And the, like the only thing I could think of off the top of my head is cause we're looking at to, to, you know, to bake something around here, um, is guava nectar concentrate. Cause it's, it's hard to find around here, man. <laughs> <clears throat> And my mom was like, well, I don't really see that. Like, how does it come? Like, what's well, usually frozen, right? That's the, that's the way I remember it. Um, so you're not going to be, you're, you're likely not going to be able to ship it. And she goes, well, next time you come and visit, you can take a whole bunch back with you. I'm like, I don't think you understand. I have no desire or inclination to return at all. Like you come here at this point. <laughs> and this is, this stems like, I think she's wishful thinking or she's like trying to plant the seed, you know, of me returning at some point um because even early on you know when with the tier system right and she's like well when are you going to come back i'm like when they get rid of that goofy ass tier system yeah and she goes like well they're adding another one they're adding like a tier five i'm like that's even worse (laughs) you you get how that's worse so yeah so i you know stay in hawaii if you want but get out if you can you you know the the means and opportunity to move i don't it wouldn't take it, it wouldn't take much for me you know, if I had the means to just up and leave, right? Like it's <laughs> so much better anywhere else. Um, but I think it's significantly better here in a lot of ways, right? Like there's someone else, you know, was talking, who was planning to come up and they were, uh, they're like, well, you know, I, uh, they were like, I was getting my vaccine. I'm like, okay, whatever, don't die, you know? <laughs> and then like, you know, my sister has the, the fake vaccine passport card to get around. And I was like, I don't think you get it. Like you don't need any of that here. You can just show up and do things, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like you're going to be fine. This, all this <laughs> extra stuff is unnecessary. I mean, get the vaccine if you want. Right. But you don't, you don't need a fake card. You just, if you need to go to the store, you just walk into the store and they will serve you. And then you give them money and you get to take what you wanted, you know, if you can afford it, of course, but it's, Oh man, it's, it's frustrating Again, for me, it's frustrating to realize that it's still that bad elsewhere. Again, because for me, it's like I, I can't even remember it. Like it's so, it's so not a thing in my mind that when I hear something go like, "Oh yeah, it's because of COVID," I go like, "Why? I was like, <laughs> why do you allow that?" You know, it's bizarre. All right, yeah. Shall we do some headlines? Sure. I guess since we talked about that that uh, crazy driver in Wisconsin. Um, and tried to tie it to the Kyle Rittenhouse thing. I do have, I do hopefully the one final uh, Kyle Rittenhouse article, but we'll see civil suits abound, you know, whatever happens there. Um, But this I thought was interesting. 
new Rittenhouse law. Headline, new Rittenhouse law would hold prosecutors accountable. So that perked my ears up, right? Ooh. Um, well, when, when I read it, I, I saw that they were going to make the state pay. And so that's not good. It's, that's holding the taxpayer liable. <laughs> Understood. And that, that, you know, that's, that's in the first, first line, but I'm the, the headlines, right? Like, Ooh, right now they now they, they might have to account for themselves. Um, so here we go. Here's the part that you're objecting to already. An Oklahoma state center has introduced legislation that would force the state to compensate defendants accused of murder, but later found not guilty due to justifiable homicide and name it Kyle's law after Kyle Rittenhouse. Introduced on Tuesday by State Senator Nathan Dom, a Republican who is running in the U.S. Senate, Kyle's law would force Oklahoma to cover the legal fees and damages incurred by anyone accused of murder but found to have been acting in self-defense if the defendant can prove they were the victim of malicious prosecution. Right. That's, that's fine. As, as long as it's malicious pr- pr- prosecution. I mean, that's, that's the thing you'll have to prove in court, though, you know. Right. Was it malicious or not? Right, and that 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 might be a high burden of proof, uh, but I think specifically in the Kyle Rittenhouse trial, um, that that would be worth pursuing in some. Oh yes, yeah, definitely. Okay. Uh, with the Kyle Rittenhouse trial, we've seen the impact prosecutors can have on our rights being attacked and possibly taken away for political reasons. Dom tweeted, adding that his new legislation would also make prosecutors personally liable for pursuing such cases. So here's the tweet. I'll just read the tweet. There's a bunch of documents in there. I'm not going to read with the Kyle Rittenhouse trial. We've seen the impact prosecutors have on the rights being attacked and possibly taken away for political reasons. So today I filed a new bill called Kyle's law that would make prosecutors personally liable for malicious prosecution. Last week, a Wisconsin jury found Rittenhouse not guilty of first degree homicide, attempted homicide and reckless endangerment charges stemming from his, his shooting dead of two men and wounding of another during Black Lives Matter protests in Kenosha, Wisconsin, last August. All three shootings were captured on video, and the footage combined with witness testimony convinced the jury that Rittenhouse acted in self-defense. The template for Kyle's Law was drawn up by Andrew Bronca, an attorney specializing in the law of self-defense, in the wake of the Rittenhouse acquittal. Bronca's proposed law would be groundbreaking in, it, in that it would compel prosecutors to personally compensate defendants and their families for mental and emotional distress and reputational damage suffered during a case. At present, no state has such a law on its books, with only one Washington allows the victim of such prosecution to claim compensation from the state. Only by holding the state generally and the prosecutor personally both responsible for such cases of unjust persecution uh, of self-defense cases can we keep these victims of violent attacks from also becoming victims of an assaultive justice system, Bronca wrote. While Dom is currently attempting to convince more Oklahoma lawmakers to co-author his bill, it is likely stands a better chance of becoming law there than elsewhere. Oklahoma has a Republican governor, is considered a gun-friendly state, and the GOP controls both houses of its state legislature by a wide margin. So what do you think about that now that it's the prosecutors also being held personally liable? in addition to the state being uh, jointly liable for the malicious prosecution. Sure. I mean, I think, yeah, everybody should be held responsible for their actions, but um, yeah. Well, the, the, 
it's like, you know, the, the state obviously can't be trusted. And um, when, when they're uh, abusing their authority, then I don't know <laughs> who, who, who's watching the watch, watchman, you know? It's like <laughs> right. And so this is a, this is a weird dichotomy for me, right? Because, you know, I don't like any laws for the most part, right? Like the fact that, that you know, that they're saying like there ought to be a law usually in my mind is a bad thing, right? Usually, usually it means something has gone awry astray and that they're going to come for the, the, the liberties of the individual. So I don't want to defend the fact that there ought to be a law. Um, uh, but, uh, but I kind of like the idea, right? That mm-hmm. if the law is written a certain way, it removes the protective shield that the state and the prosecutors have regarding these, right. these situations, right? They're, uh, prosecutorial immunity or their occupational immunity or whatever it is for the cops, right? Like they, they enjoy a certain level of, of immunity from these types of things because of the job that they're doing. Mm -hmm. And if the law is written where it removes that immunity, right? Then it's taking a law off the books basically and making it a more fair playing field where they individually have to be more certain about what they're doing um, when deciding to prosecute. Because that was one of the things with the Kyle Rittenhouse thing is before any of like the evidence was gathered, right, or any investigation could be done, uh, he was already arrested and charged, right? And then the, the malicious prosecution stemmed from the fact that they, they cobbled the story together to justify the arrest and prosecution uh, rather, <laughs> rather than f- uh, a true finding of the facts, which would have probably led to no, file, no charges being filed anyway. Right. Um, yeah. So it's uh, I don't know. The justice system is really weird. Um, what's What's the motivation for a prosecutor to want to uh, take Kyle to 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 court to trial? I mean, if you want me to speculate in this case specifically, it it was it like the law, like the article says, it was politically motivated, right? It was in the midst of a Black Lives Matter. So, uh, so he's just willing to throw his name out there and uh, and and may potentially ruin his own reputation by lying and, and uh, you know, trying, obviously, to, to destroy people's rights, even the ones that are written down in the, in the Constitution. Um, so he's willing to do all of that because he's politically motivated. I mean, he, he put a lot of work into that. Well, yes, but at the same time, if he gets it right, if he's successful mm-hmm. in that, then, you know, then things change. Like what, what for him though? Uh, promotions, right. He'd be, instead of the assistant district attorney, he, you know, he's now set up to be the actual, you know, the district attorney or moving up the career ladder attorneys general or whatever it happens to be. Right, I don't know, man. <laughs> I don't know if it's worth it. I just, I don't know. It just, it just seems weird to me. Okay, I mean, it I seems g- like, yeah. It, I, I get that it does seem weird. I'm not, I'm not defending it. Uh, I, I can understand from the defense. You know, it, this this kid's life is on the line. There's a whole bunch of people, you know, hoping that he gets out, and so they're willing to support him, but. Uh, um, I don't know. <laughs> what's 
what's the prosecutor really getting out of it? I think I think there's probably more to it than that. I mean, f- fair. And there were there were talks during the trial that they the that the prosecutor was purposefully throwing the case, right? I think you may have brought that up, or we talked about that initially um, early on, right? That they didn't really believe that they were doing the right thing, so they were making mistakes or whatever on purpose um, to make sure that but he 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 was a good actor if 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 that was on purpose. I agree. I didn't share that sentiment, right? But that was that was thrown out early on. Because they were doing such a terrible job, right? That is like the, the only way that they could be doing this bad is that they were purposefully trying to lose. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't think that was the case, but there there were there were definitely. I, I don't opinions. think it is. I mean, yeah, just based on uh, their uh, demeanor and the way and the way they're acting, but maybe maybe it is just an act, you know. Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> But yeah, it, it's if if it was an act, I definitely think he was better off not going through with it, because mm-hmm. he's, and but how tarnished is he really at this point, right? Like he's got he's got his fifteen minutes of fame or fifteen hours of fame <laughs> or whatever, and mm-hmm. the next day or you know the next week, he's back in trial prosecuting another case, mm-hmm. right? Like that's he doesn't it's not a one and done and like the, he doesn't do there's so many cases lined up, right? That's one. Yeah. Thing. But but he's he's known worldwide now as as the guy who's you know lying in court trying to get some innocent person thrown in jail. <laughs> okay, but outside of like Kenosha, Wisconsin, right? Or is is the mainstream media is anybody going to follow his career beyond this? No, probably not. Okay, I don't know. I just... <laughs> so he's going to walk into court, prosecute somebody who hasn't even heard of you know what's going on. Right, doesn't know that this guy was famous because they've been sitting in jail, right? The defense attorney might know that this is the case, right? When dealing with Thomas Binger, um, but that, but you still have to, you can't put Binger. Yeah, that would on the that witness would be part, part of my defense every time. If 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 I was up against uh, Binger, would would be to say, oh yeah, this is the prosecutor that you know lied in court <laughs> to try I, to. <laughs> See, and, I don't know enough of the rules. I don't think you could do that in court. I don't know. I'd bring it up. <laughs> and, I, and, and you, again, as an attorney, you may want to bring it up, right? But the, the, you, are, you are bound by the rules set forth um, of the profession. And I don't know if you're allowed to. Because that was, again, uh, this similarly related, right? Um, during his interview after the trial, after the acquittal, uh, they were interviewing uh, Kyle Rittenhouse's attorney. And I think we talked about this a little bit last week. And he said, like, you know, we knew it was malicious because he they put a known liar on the stand, right? The 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 Kandiri brothers, mm-hmm. right? I knew they were lying. The prosecutor knew they were lying. The prosecutor knew they were lying because these detectives, who were also witnesses for the prosecution, had in their notes that these guys were liars. Right. <laughs> so everyone involved knew they were lying, but then the defense attorney said something interesting. He goes like, but we couldn't bring that up. Right. Because they didn't introduce it. And so we couldn't ask the defense we couldn't ask the de- detectives about it um, because it hadn't been introduced and it would have been objected to as hearsay. Right. You can't, you can't question uh, a witness about another witness's testimony or something, some, some weird rule like that. Mm-hmm. So, 
the fact that Thomas Binger, you know, is a liar, uh, will lie to get a conviction and so on becomes difficult to prove in court as like the only reason why your client should get off. Right. Cause he may have done it. It's hard to prove, um, but he may not have done it this time and you can't put him on the stand. Like he doesn't, you don't, the district attorney doesn't testify at trial. Well, he needs to. <laughs> What's that? He needs to. Oh yeah. I mean, <laughs> he needs to go to prison. <laughs> And, and that would be on, like, the Kyle Rittenhouse team, in this case, yeah. to, to pursue the malicious prosecution charges. Yeah. And I don't know if prison's even a part of that. It's difficult. But what I'm or saying just, is... And the thing is, like, even, even for bad cops, like, I don't, I don't really care so much if a bad cop goes to jail or not. Just, they shouldn't be cops, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like, just kick them off. The, okay, you physically uh, hurt somebody... And it was totally unnecessary. Uh, you no longer get to wear the stupid uniform. So right. there you go. Like, I don't really care if that person's sitting in prison or not. But, the, um, but then if they're not in prison, they move to a new locale, right? And they get hired true. again. Yeah. I it's mean, like that, priests. That's, that's, yeah, that's, that's a bigger part of the problem is, is that they, they get rehired somewhere else. Yeah. Um, there, there are people here in New Hampshire fighting for it. So I don't know the, the full status of it, but there's a, a thing called like Lori's list. Is it, are you familiar mm-hmm. with that term? I can guess what it is, though. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, for the, for those that don't know, then it's basically like a list of known bad cops, mm-hmm. right? Cops that have a bad reputation have been known to like perjure themselves on the stand, you know, and all this other stuff. And that would be really useful um, for you, you for your defense if you know that the cop is on this list, because then if he has to testify, you can you can question him in such a way to get him to impeach himself as a witness. Right. Mm -hmm. And so there's people working on it here that have been trying to get that list like made available to the public because the list of bad cops should be known publicly. um, And once it's known publicly, then there should be some pushback as to why are these people still cops? (laughs) Right. You would think you would think, (laughs) but the state does like everything in their power to prevent this information from getting out there. Right. Which is why, you know, the activists here have been fighting, you know, for it for, I don't know how long, several years. Um, I would imagine trying to get this information out there and it's just, it's thwarted at every step of the way. So do, you know, again, not a big fan of the prison system, but if, if they're just going to, I'm going to tie this in real quick to something else real quick. Cause this is the, the other problem that I've had with, um, the social credit score and, the like the libertarian reputation system, right? Is that it happens on such a small scale that once you burn your reputation out somewhere, all you do is move and it gives you a few more years, right? Where people don't know the bad reputation that you have because it doesn't follow with you. It takes them a hot minute to realize what's going on. And then once you've burned your reputation there, you just move again. (laughs) Right. And the world is a big place. The United States is a big place. A lot of states are big places. Right. If, if you only have to move like 10 times in your life. Right. And you can you can manage to hang on for like five years each. Right. By the time you're 70, you've, you've only moved 10 times. Right. Before before you've burned. Like that's not much in the grand <laughs> scheme of things. So you're, you constantly have to be aware for people with bad reputations and where they you know. But you can't check everybody. You just go like, Okay. I'm well, going I mean, to be cautious. For the most part, you, you don't really 
need to do that um, uh, because most people aren't uh, trying to control your life. And so, you know, in those positions like a police officer, like supposedly they have some high authority, uh, you know, to potentially kill people or imprison them. Um, so, yeah, they should they should be uh, expected to have good reputations. Right, but what I'm saying is and, when they and, don't, and they just move. Not. Yeah, but that's yeah, that's part of the problem. Though. Like I said, um, there needs to be a list, and they need to be on it. I think all the cops should be. Okay. Not uh, just but the bad ones. How do you network that list? Are you going to share that you know, with the public? And is it going to be interconnected sure. with all the police departments so the public knows about everybody? Sure. Right? Like all, all, new, all police new hires need to be like public information? So that you, mm-hmm. people can cross-reference that and get the background checked so they know who's going to be, you know, the enforcers of the rules. Sure, why not? I don't know. <laughs> that, that's what they want for the, for the population of the U.S., so <laughs> why they should be held to a higher standard, not a lesser standard. <laughs> I tend to agree. It just seems unfeasible and probably impossible, right? As good, mm, as no, good no. an idea as it is, how do you it's, implement it? I think it would be pretty easy. Just make a, a clone of Facebook put all cops on it and uh, you make it a requirement for them to have a Facebook account, uh, a a cop book account. Okay. And that's it. And then you, then you have reputations. All the cops can, can rat on each other um, and they should be expected to because they want to hope keep their reputation up. So (laughs) have you, uh, have you ever been to the the website like police one? No. Oh, you should check it out or ask your cop friends, family about it. Um, I don't know if it's necessarily social media, but it's like, it's a cop only a website, right? Like you have to be a cop to, to get membership into that website. And it's just, they can discuss all these things behind that wall that separates them from the public. Mm-hmm. So it's halfway there. If yeah, you just, just make it public. Right. But then, but then they wouldn't share what they do. <laughs> right. They'd, or maybe they would, I don't know. Yeah. It's weird. It's weird and it's difficult. What do you do? You know, the yeah. best you can. No, I, I mean, if, if I could do one thing right now uh, to make the U.S. a better place, I would say get rid of all of the uh, bad laws. You know, no victim, no crime. Yep. So we'd have a lot less people in prison and uh, a lot less uh, uh, abuse by cops, you know, pulling people over for no reason and then uh, assaulting them if they say no. Yep. Um, yeah, it's just... Yeah, it would it would reduce the anxiety in the country a lot, you know. And so, yeah. Specifically here, I've always said like I don't know why are you know the liberty minded individuals who decide that politics is the right path for them. Like I don't know why. Like here's what I wanted them to do, and I don't know why they do it. Like anything that's free or elsewhere, right, should also be free here. Right. Right. Like <laughs> if there's a place that has more liberty in a specific area than New Hampshire, right we in New Hampshire should seek to mimic that because clearly having that Liberty doesn't descend into chaos. Right. right? And so we should be able to do those things here. Um, I was, uh, I was at dinner on my regular dinner Tuesday night meetup group. And I was talking to a dude who like came up from Massachusetts and he was like, I was surprised when I came up here, how nanny status some of the policies are. Right, because it, it snowed this morning, so it's like winter's here, um, and we were getting prepared for the snow 
on you know Tuesday, basically, because we were talking about, oh, hey, it's going to snow, and like whatever. And he was lamenting the fact that every time it snows, right, he has to move his car or get towed. And not off the street, like off of the private, off the private property, because apparently under the, under the state law, uh, landlords are responsible for plowing the driveways of the home, right? And so okay. he can't just be ignored because then the landlord will get into trouble. So he has to be inconvenienced so the landlord stays in compliance with the law. It was like, this is bullshit, right? Like in Massachusetts, as, you know, mass hole and status as that place is, like they would just ignore me or plow around me and I was fine, right? But now, and now, so the landlord doesn't get into trouble, I'm being inconvenienced, you know, and having extra work done where I got to go find a place for my car so the landlord can plow the driveway to be in compliance with the state for my benefit, no, thank you. But yet here we are. <laughs> You're saying the the landlord is required to plow the driveway. Something something to that effect by the state, like they're required to maintain the driveway in some form or fashion. I don't know what the law is because I didn't look into it. I just know that he has to every time that they have to plow the driveway, he has to move. Otherwise, the landlord gets in trouble by the state. Like that's the important <laughs> element there. If you want to, if I, if I had to go look up the law, I wouldn't want to. But that was the, that was the way he was sharing that story. So when it snows, there's not any properties with snowed in driveways. There's not. I guess there's not supposed to be. I'm sure there are. I um, mean, it's just uh, just typically though. I don't. You know, I, I every, every pretty much everybody's everybody's driveway is like if you're just driving around just casually, you would say, "Oh yeah, everybody's driveway is shoveled." I'm going to have a better chance to view that this year, but generally, I don't drive in the residential yeah. area. Oh, okay. So I don't, I, I honestly can't really picture the, but that, that being said, um, if you own your home, right. And you're not a landlord and you, you know, then I guess you don't have to, um, but well, you would anyway, cause you got to go to work. Yeah. Okay. So I think, I think the driveway plowing happens naturally. Um, but so does the fact that I don't want to do this, right. I can drive out just fine. Just plow <laughs> around me or leave me alone. Um, even even the even the current place I'm at now, right? Like similar situation, um, but I haven't experienced it yet. Is the the plow guy for this driveway comes at like nine a.m., which means all vehicles have to be out of the driveway by nine a.m. so that he can come in and plow. And I was like, well, that probably that won't be a problem because I leave for work at eight thirty. You know, like six days a week I leave for work at eight thirty. And Sundays, well, I'm here. So if I have to move, I can just move. He's like, well, no, you have to be out, right? Sunday morning, you got to wake your ass up and get out of the driveway because that's one time the, the plow guy comes. I'm like, all right, well, fuck, fine, whatever. You know, there's street parking. Um, so, yeah, so I'm going to experience that inconvenience uh, at some point this year as well. Whereas I don't, you know, I'm cool, bro. But apparently that's, that's you know, part of the terms of the lease, which I guess I agreed to. Um, but it's it's not because the landlord cares. It's because the landlord's worried about getting in trouble by the state, hmm. right? Shall we do one more headline? Sure. All right. Uh, Thanksgiving headline. More more with the cops getting involved. Headline: Every year, police pull people over to give out turkeys instead of tickets. That could be illegal, and there, there are better ways to build trust in the community. Then by violating the Fourth Amendment, 
Uh, Thanksgiving is associated with tradition, and it appears there's a relatively new one popular with police departments in recent years. Pulling over unsuspecting drivers to give out turkeys instead of tickets. This holiday season was no exception, with media reports detailing such outreach efforts put out uh, by the Mesa Police Department in Arizona, the McAllen Police Department in Texas, and the Fulton Police Department in Illinois. The catch? It's potentially against the law. Uh, They're legal so long as there is reasonable, articulable suspicion that a crime was committed, says Andrew Fleischman, a defense attorney with Ross and Pines. Absent that, it violates the Fourth Amendment. In other words, the cops haven't violated anyone's constitutional rights if every driver pulled over for a turkey allegedly committed a traffic infraction. But that's not what's going on here. Some departments aren't exactly hiding it. The cops in Fulton, Illinois, for example, admittedly eschew the Constitution and conduct such traffic stops on those who do follow the rules of the road. Officers weren't plucking out scofflaws, reads a piece on the program in SockValley.com. Rather, they were issuing turkeys instead of tickets, all part of Operation Turkey Stop, to reward mindful drivers. And while other departments aren't necessarily so brazen with the messaging, it stands to reason that officers likely aren't exchanging turkeys for tickets when it comes to drivers who are actively endangering others and abusing the rules of the road. I was like, oh my God, no, what did I do? Said Perla Romano, who was stopped in McAllen, Texas. I was scared because what did I do? I just panicked. In Mesa, Arizona, cops zero in on those who commit minor civil infractions. Officers focus on stop sign violations, red light violations, or making wide turns, says Mesa Police Sergeant Chuck Chuck Trapani. We pull them over, and if they didn't have any criminal violations like warrants or anything like that, then we'd give them a warning violation plus a turkey. (laughs) A a spokesperson for the McAllen Police Department was not able to comment, and the Fulton Police Department did not respond to Reason's request as of this writing. (laughs) Though the initiative may sound benign, the Fourth Amendment exists for a reason. You have a right to privacy and a right to be free from unreasonable searches and seizures. One wonders what might have happened if an officer pulled someone over for a turkey and happened to catch a whiff of marijuana. Trade in that free Thanksgiving dinner for a potential jail cell. Traffic stops rarely turn violent or deadly. Yet such instances are not unheard of according to an investigation by the New York Times Police have killed more than 400 unarmed passengers who were not suspected of any violent crimes during traffic stops over the last five years, which amounts to more than one death a week. It's a frivolous use of their monopoly on force, says Fleischman. The spirit behind the program, according to the Mesa Police Department, is to engender affection between officers and the public during a time when cops have faced a sort of unprecedented pushback. Research research indicates that such trust is indeed vital to building safer communities, but there are better ways for police to do that than by flouting the rules of law and violating people's constitutional rights. Uh, Update, the the piece had been updated with a comment from the Mesa Police Department. End of the article. Uh, So your thoughts on that? Would you be concerned of getting pulled over to be handed a turkey? Yeah, I'd I'd prefer not getting the turkey, but... um yeah, same thing though. If you know, police want to uh, gain some trust, uh, stop enforcing bad laws, or yeah. just get rid of the bad laws so that the cops can't use them, and then um, then there'll be less interactions with cops, and then people won't be worried about it as much. And you know, four hundred people a year will will 
you know, have their lives saved. Yeah. One of the reasons why I'm also not a big fan of the police is because they have discretion and they choose to enforce those bad laws, right? Like they could be a good cop and ignore it. And if the, if the police force or the police chief with his diktats decided that we are not going to enforce these laws, right? Then even the bad laws on the books become basically null and void, right? I would still want them removed from the books, right? In some form or fashion so that they can't be used maliciously, right? Mm -hmm. Like, I will, you know, I've shared this before, having been in the back of a police car, right? While the officer is looking for something to charge me with uh, and me going like, can't find anything, can you? And his response was, oh, don't worry about it. I will, right? Like, they were... there was obviously no crime committed because they didn't witness anything. They were trying to justify the arrest after the fact. Um, I'm pretty sure that one got thrown out before trial. Um, but if there was nothing on the books that could do that, uh, as you're suggesting, MC, then they wouldn't have to worry about it, right? You just don't do it. Wait till you're called, respond to the call, uh, assist, you know, when necessary. But don't go around harassing people. Um, when I read this story, it reminded me of a, uh, a friend I had back in Hawaii who was like a security guard, more of an acquaintance, less of a friend, more of an acquaintance. And he was a security guard. And his goal at one point was like, I want to be a cop. I was like, please don't become a cop, dude. Like we're cool now. We would not be cool if you were a cop. Like I just, I can't deal with that. You know, and number one, I wouldn't like you. Number two is it'd be bad for my reputation as the anarchist to have friends who are cops. Right? <laughs> I can't do that either. Um, but then he, you know, and then he said something to like, like this turkey thing. He's like, oh, what, you'd be a, you, you wouldn't like it if I just like pulled you over to say hi? Like, no, <laughs> no. <laughs> no, I wouldn't. The fact that, the fact that you're already suggesting that, right? And you're yeah. not even a cop yet. Means yeah. that that mentality has already gone to your head, bro. You right. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's a, he can't be saved. <laughs> right. And you know, I, I don't think, I think he moved to like the big island or something and he didn't actually become a cop. I don't know what he's doing now. I don't know. We were friends on Facebook for a while and I haven't, I cannot recall seeing a post of his in years. So I, he might've deleted me or blocked me or unfriended me or whatever. Um, but yeah, it was like, it, you know, that, that was his dream as a security guard. It's like, make it official and become a cop and do dumb shit like that. I was like, right. no, please don't just please can't do it. Yeah, but they, but they think it's it a good like, thing, and that's the thing. You know, most people need an intervention. Like, hey, that's wrong. Like, you can't do that. Right. Um, and unfortunately, the way the law is, it's like it it lets them do those things. You know? Yeah. And then and then with qualified oh that's the word I was looking for qualified immunity right that mm-hmm. they can they can get away with it with impunity, mm-hmm. um, and then that just piles on right. Then then the, what else can they get away with with impunity? and so on. It's just a vicious cycle. Yeah. Just don't do it. Don't do it. Don't, if you, if you don't have a state job, don't get one. Right. The, the sad thing is like, I feel like I'm generally built for state work. I just have such a harsh moral opposition to it that I can't do it. Right. Like I'm lazy as all hell. I don't like to do anything. And if you could get like a state job, you know, with decent pay, you know, union benefits and all that, doing nothing right that that would normally be like my dream job and yet my ethics and my morality won't let me apply for those positions like a son of a bitch but good all right anything else on this one 
Turkeys, turkeys, turkeys for tickets. Final thoughts? No, thanks. All right. That'll do it for us then. You guys know where to find us. Anarchistexperience.com on Telegram, t.me slash anarchistexperience or t.me slash the anarchistexperience. And if you would like to contribute to the show financially, you can do so through Patreon, patreon.com slash the anarchistexperience. Thank you very much for listening. I will talk to you all next week. Peace.